Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit with the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! Yeah. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton, in the studio with my co-host, Paulette Stout. Great <laughs> to have you back with us, Paulette. Always got to have a good laugh. Going to pop up a little Tack Shack sale for you. Uh, everybody wants a sale right now, and this is wonderful. It's heat wave. The only good thing about a heat wave is Tack Shack sale. Earn $10 for every 50 you spent. That starts uh, next week. They all have to be redeemed by August 29th. There's no exceptions. Um, but it is redeemable next week and, uh, and through the end of August. So we always love it when it's heat wave. Um, it's the upside of uh, hot weather in the summer. Mm -hmm. Going to start out with some news, um, and then we are going to take it to Dr. Kayot, who will be talking about Blister Beetle. And then we're going to pop over into the world of Gypsy Vanners with my dear friend and co-host. <laughs> and uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about um, meeting Oz, uh, some of the uh, incredible versatile things that you can do uh, with the amazing Gypsy Vanner horse, of course, that started with the Gypsies in England. And uh, a really, really beautiful, beautiful horse that you can do so much with. Um, we're going to close out the show today with uh, a visit uh, to Jessica Lynn at Earthsong Ranch. And we're going to talk a little bit about some holistic uh, methods to complement whatever you're doing with your veterinarian for summer sores. Quick mention, though, um, this was delivered today um, to me when I met uh, Carol Harris, who owned Rugged Lark a few months back, um, I saw this picture on her wall and I recognized this gentleman as a dear friend of mine, Craig Renwick. He very sadly passed away a few years ago. He was my um, farrier, my, my blacksmith for many, many years and a wonderful, wonderful man, absolutely adored him. And um, when I saw this picture, I recognized him and I said, that's Craig Renwick. And she said, yes, that was Rugged Lark's farrier. And I said, oh my gosh, he was my farrier. I miss him so much. And Carol said, yes, I do too. And today, um, uh, my friend Susan Fowler's daughter delivered this from Carol Harris to me. And she said, it's for me to keep. So very special. Um, thank you, Carol. And Rugged Lark was a very special That's horse. So nice. And so was Craig Renwick, uh, yeah. a wonderful guy. So I just wanted to share that with all of you. Um, so in this crazy world, we've got some crazy here. Um, Recently, Andy Cocker was uh, um, found to possibly have some, um, some uh, inappropriate electric spurs uh, on a horse. Uh, they I could don't even know how to do that. I, there's a button, I guess, and they can see the button that he was pressing, and, and there's an investigation, and um, he responded to the FEI's investigation um, this week, and the claims were made by an unnamed source. Um, but were raised on the website Grand Prix dot info and um, so you had to have a wire from that. I, I you know what I can't say I've ever used them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what a machine is on the racetrack. Yes, but right. Those are in your hand. Yes. Not, there's no wires going in. Yes, I'm actually not sure how these operate. They have to look into this. They need to take a picture um, of that. I know, well, there is a picture online. You can at well, you can't see it, but you can see like something in his hand. Um, anyway, it's being um, wow. investigated. The FEI legal department formally notified 
Andy Cocker on June 29th that an investigation had been um, opened following the allegations. And um, an FEI spokesman said in the statement um, that, that's, that they were working on it. They were responding to the allegations and um, that the FEI obviously condemns any kind of horse abuse as we do um, and specifically legislates against the use of any electrical device, I'm glad to hear. Mm -hmm. um, anything with a live electric <coughs> current on a horse is absolutely unacceptable. So we'll be following that story and bringing you updates as they, uh, as they happen. Very sadly, Dapper Dan fell at the stone wall um, and um, sadly had to be euthanized. Very upsetting. Jockey Graham, what has suffered a fractured wrist but no other injuries. Lots of prayers out there. Um, it was actually bred by Bertram and Diana Firestone mm. and first raced in Indiana in 2014. He had 30 career starts, four wins and earned $144,390. Um, Rogers actually bought him in 2016 after trainer Neil Morris brought him to her attention. So always very sad, sad to hear yep. uh, about those. Um, uh, a sign that the juvenile market might be coming back uh, after the COVID-19 dis uh, disruptions. The mid-Atlantic two-year-olds in training sale that normally runs uh, during the Preakness ended on a very strong note topped by a candy ride colt that sold for $875,000. A two-day auction at the Maryland State Fairgrounds in Timonian produced numbers on par with last year's record sale, bringing back our spirits to those involved in the business and in buying and selling juvenile racing prospects. Uh, HIP 448, a 2018 candy ride uh, by Giants Cause Cosara by Giants Causeway, uh, sale price eight hundred and seventy-five thousand. Not bad. No. Buyer Gary Young, consigner Wavertree Stables. Mm. Go Wavertree. Wonderful. Usually held in conjunction, as I said, with the Preakness. Um, this year's auction was a little different. Uh, nice to see that still good numbers, though. Yeah. Even though uh, you know people aren't having a good time at the Preakness. Yeah. Uh, October third, oh. of course, we'll be uh, we'll be watching for uh, what happens in that race this year. Pretty uh, interesting. Interesting year. Uh, U.S. Equestrian Secretary <coughs> Treasurer Tom O'Mara has been unanimously elected as the organization's new president from January 2021, taking over from Murray Kessler. Uh, the appointment was announced earlier this week, uh, and um, that meeting was he held virtually, as uh, many are at the moment. Uh, O'Mara will take office at the 2021 U.S. Equestrian Annual Meeting currently scheduled for January 12th to the 17th in Texas. So congratulations to Tom O'Mara. Uh, the sale of a Spitzer colt to Larry Best's uh, equine for 1.1 million at the Ocala Breeders sale two-year-old earlier this month has been voided under the conditions of the sale. Best said he voided the purchase of the colt from Tom McCrocklin after personnel at TaylorMade Farm reported the juvenile was a cribber and that the condition was not announced when the horse went through the ring. Uh, consigned to the auction, HIP 1312, the speedy son of Windstar, Windstar Farm Spatesta, can you say that three times, was purchased <laughs> by Best via you phone. You do really good at all that. <laughs> uh, the colt was consigned by McCrocklin on behalf of Sol Solana Beach Sales, in whose name he will now be raced with Hall mm. of Fame trainer Bob Baffert. They'll work him right out of that cribbing. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs>
hey, you know what? He might be a heck of a racehorse. So that's pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Here's a weird one for you. New York State issued a cease and desist order Tuesday to hits on the eve of the 2020 hits on the Hudson series of horse shows. The order warns hits that it could face fines of $1,000 a day if it moves forward with the first of its horse shows, the Vermont Summer Special, which was planned wow. to run from July 1st to 5th in Sogarties. According to the State Health Department, all non-essential businesses are required to cease in-person services. The Health Department stated the horse shows are among those non-essential businesses. Would have said it was non-essential. No, I'm just kidding. I guess that's what we fall into. Consequently, I, I always wonder that it employs so many people. How is it non-essential? I know. I mean, everybody just quits doing I stuff. Know. I don't know. It says Beyond. apparently that hits will be in violation uh, of Department of Health regulation and executive order related to the COVID-19 state of emergency. You can always come here to Ocala. <laughs> we'll have a show for you. We gotta wrap this segment up. Because I'm timing it. Yes. <laughs> Make your comments, please, on Facebook. Like us on Facebook and now I at the Horse Talk so I don't Show. Forget, I yes. say watch time. <laughs> <laughs> Comment what you think about them shutting down horse shows as non-essential. We'd love to hear from you. Comment below this broadcast. We'll be back on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital in just a minute with Dr. Adam Kayot. Stay with us with 18 seconds. This show is presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital, one of the top equine hospitals in the USA with services including ambulatory, surgery, sports medicine, reproduction, and with doctors on call 24 hours a day. Check them out now at petersonsmith.com. The opinions of the hosts and guests on the host talk show are not necessarily that of Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. This show is sponsored in part by Hilton Garden Inn. Downtown Louisville, only five miles from Churchill Downs, enjoy the two most exciting minutes in sports, plus a hearty breakfast and a mimosa, and let Hilton Garden Inn do the rest. Book for Derby 2020 now! This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Larson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. We have Dr. Kayot talking about blister beetle. Stay with us and listen to what Dr. Adam Kayot has to say. 
I'm Louisa Barton from the Horse Talk Show, and we're here on location at Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital in the horse capital of the world, Ocala, Marion County, Florida. And we have Dr. Adam Kayot here, and we're going to chat about something that's come up recently in the news. Sadly, uh, in Wisconsin, some horses died uh, from blister beetle, and some others were actually left very, very ill. Uh, it was a very sad situation. I'm going to talk a little bit to Dr. Kayot about the blister beetle, and uh, having done some research and studied up a little on this. Apparently, one of the biggest issues is when hay is cut and baled at the same time rather than left to dry and the blister beetles get stuck uh, in the crimper and it's hard for them to get out and they can be very, very harmful to horses. So I'm going to talk to Dr. Kayot a little bit about that. Dr. Kayot, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Lovely to have you back with us. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience with the blister beetle. Well, luckily, I don't have a lot of experience with the blister beetle, um, but, um, you know, the blister beetle is, uh, it's a nasty little thing. Um, it takes, it's, it's very toxic um, to horses. Um, even a, a ingestion of a little bit of the body of the beetle can be um, very, uh, can make a horse very sick. So, um <clears throat> The, the, the thing that makes the horse the, the sickest is the, the poison, which is called cantharidin. And it, um, it shows up as it causes ulcerations, typically of, of the mucosa of the mouth, can cause ulcerations of the digestive tract. And um, depending on how much um, the horse ingests, that kind of determines the severity of the problem. Um, it can be treated um, if it's gotten, you know, if it's diagnosed early enough and if it is a lower load. So if they didn't ingest as, as much and, and there's no, there's no, you know, parameter. Well, if they ingest just this part, it, it just kind of depends on the horse, you know, um, so you supportive care typically is what you give um, fluids they can have some electrolyte abnormalities because they're they're losing um, fluid th through these ulcerations and that sort of thing and they're they're losing electrolytes so they need to um, be supported that way um, uh, you can try like activated charcoal and things to minimize the the uh, toxin uh, activated charcoal, mineral oil, any of those things that can bind to whatever toxins in the digestive system so that it doesn't go systemically. Um, <clears throat> it, it's tough because um, it, it is in your hay and, you know, needle in a haystack, right? Like, and they're, they're small little bugs. It's not like, you know, they're just going to jump out at you or you're going to, they're going to be easily seen, especially if you're feeding in the morning and you're in a hurry and you throw, you know, two flakes of hay to each horse, you're not looking for blister beetles, you know? So, um, uh, it can be kind of scary because the, 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 the symptoms are, are relatively quickly occurring anywhere from three to 24 hours. So, um, you can have you can start seeing some of these issues, fever and, and ulcerations and that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> to try to avoid it, they're most commonly found in the Midwest Western states like Oklahoma, Kansas. Um, they're most active in the summertime, like August. You know those months, July, August. Um, so 
when you're, um, if you're obviously concerned about that, um, you know, you can find out where the hay came from. Um, you can find out when it was cut. Typically, um, they tend to occur in, you know, your later cuttings. Uh, so if you get like first cutting is less likely to have the beetle in it than a later cutting because of, of their, their life cycle and how they, they progress through the summer, through the summer months. So, um, you know, you, you just be aware of that thing. Like I said, um, I have never personally seen it, knock on wood, and I hope I don't see it. Um, the, the interesting thing about that and, uh, is that um, you remember a few years ago we were having the creeping indigo concern, right? The creeping indigo, right? So this was this big, this weed that grows and they can have a lot of the same symptoms actually with the mouth ulcerations and hypersalivation that happens with the creeping indigo. Um, I, I, so I guess those are two different things to consider if you see this sort of thing. Um, creeping indigo is kind of, nobody talks about it anymore. It was kind of like hot and everybody was worried to death about it because, you know, obviously yeah. if you get these horses that pass because of it, it, it you know, a hot button topic, but nobody talks about it anymore. And, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of researching over this blister beetle and I, I come across this and I started thinking, well, I, I remember this creeping indigo thing we had and I, th and I did see a horse that got into it a few years ago. And so it, it was, it was very similar. So be careful where you, you know, just be aware of where you get your hay, try to be as informed as you can be on what cutting it is, what state it came from, those sorts of things. And, you know, if you're, if you're worried, you know, just, uh, try to, you know, they, they kind of look like a, I don't know, like a firefly almost, like a lightning bug kind of looking thing. Yeah, they and they're actually only about one or two centimeters in yeah. size. So if like me, you're feeding sort of early in the morning in the dark, or if you're feeding when you, and you know, it gets so dark now at 530, uh, when you get home, if your hay is outdoors and it's not in a lit area, it's very, very difficult. It would be very hard to see a one or two centimeter bug in your hay. But one of the things I think I would say is buy from a quality location like you said ask a lot of questions you know do you know if this hay was cut and baled immediately because apparently that's when they can't escape if it was actually cut left and then baled later that gives them a chance to run away and I don't know that this would necessarily help but I always shake my hay flake out completely for the horses before I leave it for them and I would imagine if they're running around in there and you shook it out that would alarm them somewhat and perhaps they would take off and so I'm just always one to shake it out and make Make sure it looks okay and I, I would think that would help um, now I know the clinical signs you talked about like mouth sores I know there can be some lethargy um, I read that they can sink their whole mouth in the water trough to try and like ease the discomfort of the mouth sores anything distinctive that you can look for that would maybe tell it from poisoning in a in a from something like a creeping indico and are there any really um, significant tests that you can do to actually prove that's what it is to treat it well you you can test for that the the toxin cantharidin um you have to I, I believe it's in in the fecal material you you can test for it in the fecal material toxemia in horses in ingest you know when they ingest something toxic is it, 
clinically speaking, is is pretty similar. No matter what they ingest, you get this ulceration. You get um, possible fever. You could get diarrhea. You could get blood in the stool. Any of these things that irritate the lining of the bowel. You know, so um, you you can test for that poison um, to to see if it it is that, um, but typically it takes a while for them to, you know, get the results back and your horse is either probably going to be passed or better by the time you really get, um, you know, get, get the answer. Either way, you treat the horse the same. You just try to support the horse as best you can um, and hope that they didn't ingest a large quantity of it and um, you know I think your I think your idea of shaking the hay out and sure any chance that the little boogers could fall on the ground you know is better so yeah well we got to wrap this segment up Um, a lot of information Uh, certainly as I said make sure you're getting your hay from a very reputable source Uh, personally I buy my hay from Larson's and Seminole uh, great quality hay but I know there's good quality places out there you can get your hay but ask questions if you have any concerns or your horse shows any of these symptoms immediately call your veterinarian um, because the supportive care as soon as possible is going to certainly extend the chances of the horse making a very quick recovery Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital 35 I'm here with Dr. Adam Kayot, Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show.
Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. You're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Button in the studio with my co-host and trainer, Paulette Stout. And we are going to chat to her a little bit uh, about Oz. We're going to start off with finding Oz, because I think that's appropriate. Yeah. And how, uh, how Paulette got started in the Gypsy Banners and how she fell in love. Uh, with Oz. So Paulette, tell us about the story. Okay, Oz, which is Gigi Oz the Wizard. Yes. And he's a son of the Gypsy King out of Shampoo Girl, which was a, one of the original 16. Girl. Yeah, 16, <laughs> I guess, that that uh, came over. But um, I was... So in the original 16 that came from England, the first ones that came with Dennis Thompson and his wife Cindy to America, got the breed registered, the Gypsy Vanna breed mm -hmm, registered, mm -hmm. got it actually named Gypsy Vanna. Yeah. And so which Oz... Is, which is a tough deal. Gypsy yes. Vanna, Gypsy Cobb, we already know that. Right. That's another thing. Yes. Always a story of tough stuff. Yes. But so you, Oz is the son of... Of Gypsy King. Of Gypsy mm -hmm. King, who came over with that first batch. Yep. With Very the first nice. Batch, oh, and yeah. what a beauty. Now that is um, <laughs> Emerald, uh, Emerald Beauty of Oz. That's a three-year-old filly of him this year. So you'll be able to see some of the, the babies um, that are now three-year-olds from him. That's a wicked clever Ervic of Oz. We <laughs> don't have to say that in the show <laughs> he ring. He actually <laughs> is three years old in July. Um, but these are some of So these babies. are babies of Oz. Yeah, that are in training right now. Wow. And so, um, and that one's uh, uh, Oz's Ruby Red Slippers. I love the name. I know. It's so and, fantastic. And see, that's what's a, you know, I love a fairy tale. I know, right? And so, and there is Oz himself running. Incredible. Yeah, he's... Uh, so how did you ever find him? Well, he didn't... I did not find him. He found me. And actually, when I came to uh, Ocala, I came not for my... Not really... There's different reasons why I came here. I had to. I had to. So it was a kind of a dark... Um, place in my life. I was coming out of a relationship and um, where I trained quarter horses and thoroughbreds and did a lot of the race. My racehorse background is huge from the time I've been in my teens. So I've always been in the racehorse business, training racehorses and then to do different things such as dressage, hunters, jumpers, and barrel horses. My big thing was training racehorses and training jumpers and barrel horses. So, you know, the Gypsy Vanner was not something that I would have... It ever crossed your mind, No, right? never. In no fact, plan. In <laughs> fact, Bob Giles, who is a really good friend of mine, he was down at my farm because I was training a chariot racing team, believe it or not, out of two wickedly fast quarter horses off the track. And I needed help to put the pair together. I had already broken them to drive, and I needed to put the pair together and we needed a draft horse to hook individually for the team. And he came down, and that was when he said that these horses were coming over and they were going to be trying them out, and he was going to Equitana with them. But he didn't know what and they were. this was 2000? It was somewhere. Wasn't it? And it was, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and I think they came in... 99? Um, 96. Yeah. Oh, did they come in? Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, and, and it was soon after that they went to Equitana. So the dates I don't really know because... You're right there at the end of the last yeah. century. Yeah, so um, <laughs> later on, they, when they came over, it was in the horse and tack, horse and pony. And the horse and pony magazine, I'd always get it's that newspaper. Yeah. And they'd always have the ad in there. And I hate to say, but when I'd see these 
big long manes and feathers flying and the tail flying and everything was flying in the pictures, I said, wow, what a maintenance nightmare. <laughs> I mean, that's what I thought. Nobody wants to deal said, with all those bad I said, well, what do you do with that? You know, and that was my reaction. It's like, wow, it's pretty, but, you know, so it wasn't something that I would have, would have ever went towards. Even though they were pretty, it, I didn't know what you would do with them. And here I am today. So that being said, on my farm, when I came up to, in Donellan, Florida, I had been asked by Bob and Brenda Giles to train this Gypsy Vanner. It was a three-year-old for dressage because there was a dressage rider that wanted um, something more tame, not the warm bloods, not the Frisians anymore. She wanted something more settled for her last horse, and that was Shahan. That was his first baby. So I did put 30 days on him for a video, took him to his first dressage show, showed him in training level right away, got the video, she bought him and she's been hooked at the hip ever since. So he is in North Carolina and doing well. In fact, he does um, schooling about fourth level. So I had that horse on the farm for almost two years. I did do lead changes with him. He does shoulder and haunches in. He's a really nice horse, broke to drive. So when, those, uh, when I got done with that horse and that horse was sold, there was another one that came to me. And then um, the original owner of Oz had asked me to see what Oz could do. And so he, he came to the farm. And, and again, it was this big tail and this heavier type you of were like horse. I gotta hire help to do all this so. yeah it was it was um, <laughs> a lot different and so he was originally broke to drive which gave him a different balance and how old was he when he came to you he was about between six and seven years old so he was an older stallion that wasn't really doing anything he was broke to drive they may have shown him a couple times driving but there wasn't anything that he did you know that would have given him a name and so um, I spent time trying to rebalance the horse after driving because he was balanced much more forward and, and you know, a little stiff because of driving and shafts and things. So, so um, his first show that he actually went to, to, to sort of compete and be exposed was the Feathered Horse Classic January 2014. And it was a very emotional time for me because I wasn't showing and I was just gathering everything in my life together again and reinventing myself. And I, you know, put him in the trailer and away we went to the Florida Horse Classic in Jacksonville to the to that show. And so let me just interrupt you there. So how much work is involved in like the name? Oh it's huge. Tell? I is mean that? I mean when I when I groom and I like keeping my horses out as much as possible. I don't stall them. Um, you you have to body clip these horses because they do stay hot and, and in Florida you need to keep them body clipped and to groom and to, to blend the hair in and stuff. You're looking at, I'll body clip two weeks before and then I body clip again, you know, so I get all the lines out and then I have to blend the hair and I use three different types of clipper blades, you know, a body clipper and then I use a T84, um, which is a little bit less around the face. And then I use the 40s for the bridle path and oh the ears God. and stuff. And, and to wash and really get them clean because they do secrete a lot of oil in that feather. And as an esthetician, the oilier skin, you age less and, you can, and the follicles in your hair will um, be better. And these horses, because of that hair, 
they do secrete a lot of oil. So a lot of that dirt gets up in there and it's very water repellent. So when you try to wash it, the water doesn't really go in there and the soap. So we use Dawn, you know, a grease cutter. Sometimes I'll use the Clorox to, to enhance it, to pull that out. Oh my gosh. And then recondition. Oh yeah, it's huge. And we're talking hours. I mean, hours and hours. I can do uh, light horses like that. It takes me three, four hours to do these kinds of horses for shows. And so anyway, so we did But go. it's so worth it, right? It, I mean, it is, <laughs> but it, it is, it is, it's a tough job. It's a tough job. It, I, I gotta admit, like when I go, oh my God, we're gonna show and I have four to show, it's like, oh Lord. I start weeks ahead of time in stages so that I'm not completely wore out before the show comes and then I have nothing left in me to actually ride. So I don't have, you know, a, a group of people or uh, grooms or anything. I do this myself. I do all the body clipping, all the feet, all the grooming, all and the And all the time of watching. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got to watch this because we're timing. We got 26 seconds. So there you go. I'm timing. We don't so have a group here. We got to go to break, but we're going to come back with Paulette and going to share some <laughs> photographs with you if you're joining us on the TV style broadcast brought to you by Larson Farms. And she's going to tell us about the versatility of, uh, of the Gypsy Vanners and all of the incredible things you can do with them. So stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. This show is brought to you in part by New Millennium Realty. Owner and broker Brian Cox loves this community and wants to help you find your place in the horse capital of the world. Like them on Facebook or find them at allfarmsmatter.com. New Millennium Realty, the future of real estate. This show is brought to you in part by Tax Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store proudly offering customer halters, race tack, whips, blinkers, belts, dog collars, and more. Tack Shack of Ocala, one-stop shopping for all your horse needs. This show is sponsored in part by Equus Inn. When visiting the horse capital of the world, you want to stay at a hotel that reminds you of what you love about Ocala, the horses. Stay tuned to this show for announcements about the renovations to be completed fall 2019 at the Equus Inn by following them on Facebook and Instagram at Equus Inn. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. <laughs> with your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of old right. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to the second half of the Horse Talk Show. Sorry, I was looking at a comment message on Facebook. Presented uh, by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio, interviewing Paulette Stout, my co-host and a trainer, Wild Heart Stable. And we've been talking about the Gypsy Vanna breed and wow, what a versatile uh, horse it is indeed. We've been talking about how she found Oz, how she fell in love with Oz. 
and um, we're going to share with you now some of the things that she's actually done with him and some photos if you're joining us on the television style broadcast are going to show up on the screen um, and uh, we're going to ask Ian if he'll leave them up there a little bit longer than usual because these are so beautiful. Uh, Mark J. Barrett, I believe, is, mm -hmm. the, uh, yep. is the photographer. Yep. So um, yeah. we're going to share those with you slowly throughout. Yep. Uh, who's that? That's Bailey's Irish Cream. Oh, um, what a great he, name. He I love is, Bailey's Irish Cream, by the way. He's just a two-year-old. And oh so gosh. he's in for training right now. Yep. He's incredibly beautiful. Yeah, yeah he's So really tell nice. us about the versatility of the breed and some of the some of the sports, horse sports that you've... Uh, that's wicked. <laughs> that's the greatest photo. Yeah, that's wicked. That's <laughs> Oz. But um, he did win the versatile, uh, the overall Gypsy Banner in his first show and four times after that. And what I did was he did the dressage, he did the English, he did the Western, he did the trail, he did, you know, the ranch riding, he did um, driving, uh, he did dressage, he did the Western dressage, he did everything. And, and so, but he did it well. It wasn't just doing it, he did it well. And he did all three gates where at that time, there was very few horses, very few gypsies that were actually doing the three gates, walk, walk trot, canter, or walk, really? jog, lope. Yeah, they weren't. And he neck reined, he does neck rein Western and he's always shown with a one hand Western. But this he is- He makes Western everything look so easy. Well, it, it, training is hard and, and it, you know, there's, there's a connection there that you have to learn, and it's over years and years and years of experience. And that right there is another three-year-old. That was her first show in the Western dressage. That is um, Oz, my wild Irish rose of Oz. This is Tim and Vivian Himes at their wedding barn. That's Oz and her three-year-old uh, um, Emerald Beauty of Oz. It's that's a gorgeous picture, but that's their. That's when they bought Oz and um, they raised, they bred and raised Boo, which Beauty of Oz. Boo, Beauty of Oz. Beauty of Oz, that's boo. what they call that's Boo. fabulous. Of Oz. And this is, this is down at, the, at their place at um, Winsong Ranch and Tim had never driven a horse. Can you believe it? Look at it. He's doing quite well. Yeah, yeah. He had, Driving five, is so he had fun. five minutes of I instruction and I climbed in the back and I said, okay, there you go. So there <laughs> it is. And there's Oz on the, on the property. That's a beautiful, beautiful mm. one he, right there. He really, he's only 15 hands, but every time I look at a picture he of him, huge. he's massive. I know, what are and you, short-legged? Yeah, and this is, well, I'm 5'2", and, oh, okay. and so he's 15 hands. I mean, he looks massive. He looks huge. Mm -hmm. And that's, that. it is a draft breed, so they are versatile. They have um, a more a docile temperament generally, not all, mm -hmm. but generally. That is Capriel, that is a, a three-year-old son, and that is down at Grand Oaks when I did a, an exhibition of all the different disciplines, and we got a standing ovation. Yeah, it, amazing. And that oh is, my gosh, that side was, saddle. Yep, that's another <laughs> filly that is a three-year-old, four-year-old filly. And yes, I've ridden them side saddle. And they are very conducive to side saddle because they do have a wider back. The only thing that is a problem is the withers aren't as high as they could be to carry a saddle. So you really have to balance on them. That is the Grochapole, and that is another um, Oz of... He's, he's a year older, that is Bocelli, and he, I actually showed second level. He's owned by Karen Chadwick, and that was obviously, you can see, no hands. And he's pretty amazing. You're amazing. Yep. There we were waiting to be able to show fourth level at 
um, Canterbury and Oz is just sitting there and I'm sitting there. It was hot as heck. <laughs> so we were really relaxing. We don't do a lot of warm up. There is Grand Oaks also. I love Grand Oaks. Yep. Gosh, and he, what a beautiful place. And he was champion um, third level and champion second level in all breeds in the USDF. Yeah. And he's in the Hall of Fame. And he's the Hall of Fame stallion. Which DBH is really is Hall deal. of Fame stallion. These so what do living. you think, having done all these different sports with, uh, with these incredible uh, gypsy vanners, what do you think they're best at? Well, this is a breed that is finding its own, and, and, the, and the problem, and, and I say it's not a problem, but it's breeders that need to figure out what they want to do with these horses. And um, that being said, you have to take them into the disciplines and see what they can and can't do. And I have found that these horses absolutely can be trained, but they are a heavier horse. So, you know, the, the way that you have to train, they're more ground-bound, ground they're maybe a little heavier bodied, so it's a little harder for them to learn to lift. And it takes more for them to lift because they are a little shorter-legged, a little heavier-necked, you know, to do mm -hmm. dressage. But um, this past weekend, which is why we have all this, is I did get my score, one of my scores to my silver medal in pre-St. George, so it's an FDI level, yes. and we'll stay there with Oz. And then Emerald Beauty of Oz, it was her first USDF show, and she had to be 36 months old in order to, to compete, and she was 36 months old April 21st. So she, and this is her, and um, it gives me chill bumps, and it makes me extremely emotional, and it really does, because I bred the mare and at the farm I raised the horse for Tim and Vivian Himes and to be able to break and train and then actually go out and get a 70 and a high point score the first show in a USDF, USCF show it is pretty amazing. Um, she, you know, she is not confident yet. Um, there, there's a lot of scary things. The signs down there at the end. I hate really to interrupt you, her. but are you? Um... We're two minutes twenty-eight oh, seconds. Oh, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. So she she's an amazing. And I, when I broke her and I started riding her, she already has lead changes, and for a three-year-old of that breed, that's pretty significant. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's significant. Where quarter horses and thoroughbreds and other breeds, I could do lead changes fairly quickly. These these are a little bit harder breed to do that with. So it's really showing me that genetically, um, this line is is able to perform and to do things that... Be um, a sport horse. Yes, absolutely, no question. But if you don't breed towards that and try to compete as a breeder, as a trainer, you don't prove these animals and therefore you don't breed accordingly. That cross, um, in fact, the mare is the mare that Boo is out of is um, the Sweeping Beauty. She's a road sweeper. Sweeping Beauty. The Sweeping Beauty. That's so clever. Yeah. Why does people come up with such that, clever things? That cross is amazing, and I did break that mare. She's got a nice trot, but she doesn't have as much collection in the canner that she needs to. She's longer back and mutton withered, and guess what? That mare with that combination has more of a wind wither, shorter back, and can collect up, and I've got something that's amazing. You know, for this breed, she's amazing. She's already amazing. So you now, must make them amazing. <laughs> I wish that was the case. I think I do try to help things, but um, yeah. So it, it's, it's a lot of learning. It's a lifetime learning with these animals. So I'm pretty excited about that because I do believe that she'll do well 
in all of the different disciplines. And, and of course, breaking them to drive also um, is another thing that will be on yeah. the, the Another agenda. list of uh, accomplishments. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Really amazing. Yeah. And, you've, and you've done some jumping. And I've done some jumping. And I also have one at the farm that um, is a big mare. She's about 15'3", and Leslie Davis owns her. And she's got a, a, a really good jump. She also has a lead change, so she can do things legitimately. You know, not just jump the jump and, and drag a lead, but she actually has a lead change. She, she has a good form over jumps and an ability to go high. So um, I think... Yes, we got a break, and we're going to come back. we got one more segment with Paulette before we go over to Jessica Lynn and Earthsong Ranch. We're going to show you a couple more uh, dressage videos if you're watching us on Facebook. We'll be back on the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm <laughs> Chevrolet in just a minute. Stay with us. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. The Equine Performance Center Opala with numerous success stories and featuring the most advanced equine conditioning and rehab equipment available in the world today is striving to be the best in the nation. Find them on the web at epcrehab.com and like them on Facebook now. This show is brought to you in part by Horse Boxers USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxers USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tax Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. The Equine Performance Center Ocala with numerous success stories and featuring the most advanced equine conditioning and rehab equipment available in the world today is striving to be the best in the nation. Find them on the web at epcrehab.com and like them on Facebook now. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio with my co-host trainer from Wild Heart Stable, uh, Paulette Stout. We've been talking gypsy banners and uh, pretty awesome. We're going to actually, if you're watching, not, not just listening, um, you can actually see uh, some of the videos we're going to show you, a couple of... Um, longer clips while we're talking about uh, about the, the incredible breed, the Gypsy Vanners. I wonder if the, the Gypsies in England follow any of what happens yes, with these do. horses in America. Yep, they do. They do. They do. In fact, um, there's, a, there's a friend of mine, and I'm, I'm, I hope I, he doesn't mind me saying his name, but Chris Shackleton, he came over here from England, and I got to know him really well, and he's, this is a breed that he's very well familiar with all his life. And he says that, yes, they do watch these videos, and they're very well aware of Oz and, and the things that he has done. 
and so they do. Does it help it. them with the um, I, you know, buying the Americans, and selling? Once this happened, it exploded, and the Americans went over there and supposedly bought all the big ones up. I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, they bought a lot of them, and and so they are still breeding, but but in America, um, they have gotten sort of off track, in my opinion, about color. So these horses were originally broken coated or solid. It's, that's piebald, skewbald, mm -hmm. and, um, and then there was a, 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 a broken coat that had a little bit more of a blue or roanish type, but they were not originally buckskins, palominos, and all that kind of stuff. That kind of became an American really? thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so now you're seeing a yeah, lot Yeah, because I only remember in England ever seeing yes. really the, yes. pretty much the standard colors. Yes. You and know? and it, it, I hate to see it change. Um, I think they should stay with. Stick I think with they the should stay with the way the gypsies bred them. How that? How has that happened? That's just happened from the breeding here. What are they breeding with to get those colors? They're crossbreeding to get it. I oh. don't really know how they're doing it, okay. but it's a crossbreed to get those colors. So, so again, you're you're with this breed that is a lot of foundation stock that they don't really have a written. Um, documentation of, of the of who they bred what to they just know it in their minds who they did right. they have that but you know to be able to concentrate the genetics and be correct and actually have a consistency in breeding you don't want to mix all that in there and the other thing too is you'll notice that when you get a lot of colors they lose the feather they lose the thickness of the mane and tail um, they might even get lighter boned or lighter bodied um, yeah, which is also a shame. It is a very shame. If you notice this mare right here, she does have the crease down the butt. Um, she's got an apple butt, and she's only a three-year-old. She's quite big. Um, <laughs> she, she has a very nice butt. Yep, yeah, she might be a little more sportier than what they're used to. They, um, I think Chris would say they need to be a little bit thicker and wider. But you're going to see the American influence on horses. Now, of course, she's the original genetics. So... We haven't changed anything, and I'm quite happy with what she is. She's amazing. So um, Oz is, is definitely some of the originals. This is the originals, and this is, to me, the beauty of the breed right here. And it, I don't think you can get much better than no. that. It's really amazing. Now, that, do you have to spend hours and hours and hours to re accomplish this? No. Um, I, I do train, but I do give a lot of space to them, babies and things. I don't pound on them. I, I train accordingly. I try to teach accordingly. I try to give a certain amount of fitness. I want them sound. I want them happy. And so if, if she didn't do well today or she spooked, or it's okay with me. I don't care. I'm, I'm here to train. And training for me is a longevity. It's a, it's a perseverance. It's longevity. It takes time. Um, you, you don't want to pressure. You want them to sort of enjoy and, and enjoy the ride and the training. So it's, it's, it's a time period. It's a, it takes time. Tell us about Wicked. 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 Okay. And now your timer check-in. Time check-in. <laughs> five minutes, ten seconds. Wicked was inspired by Oz. And it had to do with the, the play Wicked, which is the two witches that were sisters, and they weren't wicked. They were actually very friendly. And the green one that was born green actually became wicked, as in the wicked term, because of the ways of the world. She was not that. In other words, it said in Wicked in the play, because I'm green, because I'm different, I was considered wicked. And that applies so much today now, doesn't it? 
because I'm different, because I'm a different color, I'm, or I'm different, I'm different, I'm green, I'm considered bad. So I changed that around because of Oz, and it's women inspiring courage, kindness, and equestrian dreams. I like that. And we have the logo of the two witches that are in his mane, in the black and white mane, and, and that he, he gave me that because his babies and, and the breed itself has given courage to women that were middle-aged, like I said, to be able to go out there and show and go out there and do things and that they would not expect to be able to do, to, to do first level, training level, walk, trot, canter, to do the, the cowboy extreme challenges, to do the Western dressage. So I think it was with, it can be women and men inspiring courage, kindness, and equestrian dreams to be fulfilled. And that's what, to me, Oz has, has done. And so he is the mascot for Wicked. Um, as he should be. Yes, he should be. Because he took me somewhere when I was needing, I needed something to bring me out of the darkness, and he was the one that did it. And it, it's a, something that I said before that I saw in a, in a little um, China thing. It was, a friend is, is one who knows the song in your heart and can sing it back to you when you've forgotten the words, and I'm going to cry. So he is the one that did that for me. When I was lost and I couldn't find the words, I, riding him at the, at the first Fiddler Classic, he was singing that song, and he, it, you know, it just, it just was. And so he became something, I thought, wow, he became a wow factor, but he didn't have everything in place for him. He didn't have um, the money backing, so he he didn't get to do a lot of the things that he was capable of doing. So in a lot of ways we're playing catch up and in a lot of ways he's showing how amazing he really is because he did not have the backing. Um, I, I spent a lot of my money to compete and a lot of my money to travel with the little bit I, I had and there was a time that my bank, my phone dinged and said you have $25 in the bank and that meant I had no food and I had no gas and I was competing the next day on him for the All-Breeds Champion. And I had to do something really bad. But I had $25, there was no wow. other money. Yes, that is a true story. So there's a lot of true stories that go with him. And no matter what, he's one of the greatest horses ever. I don't, I don't care what anybody thinks, but he has proven himself and his babies have proven himself in very limited, uh, li limited uh, means. Right. And yes. Yes. Yeah. And like any fairy tale, um, Joyce Christian had wrote something about him, and it was pretty amazing because he said, you know, in The Wizard of Oz, Oz was the one that was the all-knowing, and in reality, he wasn't. It was his friends that gave him the courage, the heart, and the brain <laughs> to do right. this. Yeah. And then he became, you know, what he was. And, um, and that was only through all the flying monkeys and the, and the rusting and the poison flowers and the witches and, and the scary crows mm. that you went through in order to get there. And he has the same story, and so do I. And so, again, we're now, you know, when I said, I used to do my freestyle rides in the Feathered Horse Classic to My Heart Will Go On. And you know what? 
that's coming full circle. Yes, you just give me the goose pimples. <laughs> yeah, my heart will go on. He he is even after this ride not being perfect, I just cannot say anymore about him. About us. And so we gotta, Tim, we Tim gotta and go. I am Tim and Vivian Himes. Thank you for buying him. We gotta go one because we have twenty seconds left in this segment, and two because Paulette needs the break to have a good week. <laughs> God bless her. We love her. She's done a phenomenal job uh, with Oz and many other Gypsy Vanners. I'm so proud of her, and it's such an honor to have a co-host. Uh, the quality that she is and a trainer like she is and to see what she's done with this somewhat unknown breed until more recent years. So we'll be back in just a few minutes on the Horse Talk Show. We're going to have Jessica Lynn with us from Earth Song Ranch. Stay with us. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala. Experience the difference in buying. Palm makes it simple with no pressure, the best sales staff, and lots of inventory. Experience the difference at Palm Chevy in Ocala or online at palmchevrolet.com. Palm Chevy, find new roads. This show is sponsored in part by Earthsong Ranch, improving and restoring health since 1998 for the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. This show is sponsored in part by Innova Wellness Spa, committed to providing the best, most advanced options available in the beauty and wellness for their valued patients. Find them on the web at InnovaWellnessSpa.com or like them on Facebook now to learn more about their non-invasive aesthetic enhancement procedures for the most amazing results. The Equine Performance Center Ocala with numerous success stories and featuring the most advanced equine conditioning and rehab equipment available in the world today is striving to be the best in the nation. Find them on the web at epcrehab.com and like them on Facebook now. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the final segment of the Horse Talk Show presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet. Thank you to Earth Song Ranch and Summit Joint Performance for bringing us the holistic horse segment, which we try to do every other week. It's been a little crazy this year. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's Finest Alfalfa. In the studio with me, Paulette Stout, my co-host, top Gypsy Vanna trainer. I think she stopped weeping, bless her. Uh, I'm yeah. so proud of her. Uh, yeah. Jessica Lynn, it's lovely to have you back on the show with us. Uh, how are things in California? Things are not good in California. The um, county I live in has been on the national news because Oh, the coronavirus, God. the spikes so bad, we're at 98.7% capacity of hospitals. Oh, my gosh. See, I don't so know. So it's pretty bad out here. And wow. they're, shutting a lot of, they're shutting a lot of stuff down. They already shut down the bars. They've shut down the movie theaters, all kinds of things. And the beaches are going to be closed for the 4th of July. Oh, isn't that a are shame? They, are they having issues with, are they intubated people? Are they really, really sick? Or what, what's yeah, this? they're both. 
Oh my goodness! Wow. One of my one of my customers who doesn't live that far from me, he got it in L.A. a couple months ago. Really? And he almost didn't make it. He was in the hospital six weeks, intubated for twelve days. Wow. They need He's some. They need okay. some. They need some Jessica Lynn uh, holistic treatments. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but we do we do know what to do for it by with homeopathy, but that's another show. <laughs> yes, you're right. It is. Let's. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about uh, summer sores. Um, obviously, this is to complement whatever you do with your veterinarian. We're never advising you to stop treatment with your veterinarian or to um, to not consult with your veterinarian. But what we're going to talk about is some complementary things to help um, the humid season, especially here in Florida. A lot of people start being concerned about summer sores caused by um, stable flies and an equine parasite. If you're joining us on Facebook, you can see um, the picture of one here. They, um, they're a long time healing. Uh, it's, a, it's a process. Yeah. Uh, it, can be, it can be quite something. Uh, Jessica, tell us a little bit of some of the homeopathic options to help this well, what situation. We, what happened, how, how this started with my horse was that he got a big splinter in his face because he decided to rub on a post. Mm. And so Dr. Fenton, my holistic vet, came out and we gave him a couple remedies to try to get it to push out. So one of them was silica. The other one was one that people don't usually have, which is mysterica. Mysterica. And that one's called, and that one's called the surgeon's knife. And sure enough, it popped out enough that I could pull it out. So then he said to me, well, you know, um, make sure you're, you're taking calendula tincture and doing your calendula gel on it and let's see how we do. So I was doing that, he'd lick it off, but I kept a fly mask on him. And all of a sudden this thing just kind of started blowing up and I'm going, what the heck is this? So anyway, I continued to treat with really high doses of vitamin E and vitamin C to boost his immune system and for tissue healing. Doubled up on his uh, probiotics and digestive enzymes and his colostrum. And then Dr. Fenton came again about a week later, he goes, you know, and I said, it's not a habernina, is it? And he says, I think so. He says, you need to call Dr. Moss, let's get it surgically removed. And never having had a horse that ever did this, I was like, oh my God. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that if your horse gets it, it's pretty bad and you've got to do things right away. Keep it clean. I mean, it's keep your barn as clean as you can, your stable areas. I do everything. I have fly predators. I have fly bags. I have natural fly sprays. And I still had a horse that got it because he did something else to himself. But typically they'll come from inside the mouth because there's a stomach um, parasite that will go up and infect the mouth of a horse. That's the most common out here. They'll have it on both sides of the corners of their mouth. And the vets come out here and treat them with injections of things. But, you know, the best thing is prevention. Um, I can't tell you enough about that. But right now he did have it um, surgically removed a week ago tomorrow, mm -hmm. it's, or no, today. It's a big hole, but it's granulating perfectly. And then a friend of mine made him a fly mask that she did for her own that had summer sores, where they sew baling twine to it that hangs down below their chin. They can still eat and drink and everything, but the flies will not bother their face. That is such a great That's idea. Cute. I've uh -huh. actually never seen that done mm -hmm. before, but that is such a great idea. <laughs> Just yeah. to keep them off mm -hmm. their, especially around their nostrils and all of that. Gosh, that's a great, mm -hmm. that's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it's super easy. You could even just put yarn through, like my vet said, but 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathleen is the seamstress anyway. She goes, give me a new mask, I'll fix you on. Now I love, the, um, I love the feed-through um, fly repellent uh, that I yeah. get from you. That is a, a wonderful um, alternative to, not alternative necessarily to fly spray, right. but nice natural in addition. You yeah. know, right. I've had it out. Yes, yeah. the and, bugs. And off. he was on double doses of bugs, though, too, to keep the bugs away. Yes. And, and you make your do. own fly spray, don't you? Yes. And it keeps them off, too. What is your mixture? But I use about an inch of a spree, which is a concentrate. Mm-hmm. And then I do 20 drops each of lavender, lemongrass, geranium, rosemary, lavender. I'm missing something. Citronella? A citronella. Was and a then guess. I also will put about 10, <laughs> yeah, 10 drops of tea tree in that. And then to dilute it, I use Listerine. Wow, and that's, and that's really effective. Oh, God, yeah. And I put a little bit of skin so soft in if it's getting hot and I need it to stick a little bit longer. Like <laughs> one capsule to a big spray bottle. But um, an old mix. cowboy taught me about the Listerine thing 20 years ago, and I swear by Listerine. it. I, I like the SWAT. Because putting SWAT in the ears and, and around the eyes, I think sometimes yeah. helps to repel. Yeah. yeah, the SWAT well, has this, been a I really good. I put SWAT good on his boo boo before he got the habernina, and it yeah. didn't even stop it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, when they lay eggs, flies and, and, and if people don't understand that a summer sore is actually larvae, right? And it when, is a larva. Yeah, when you cut it out, you just can't you can't get them out of the tissue. So a lot of right. it has to be surgically removed and then healed closed. And that larva does not hatch. It does not mature in that sore. It just keeps irritating the horse and growing yes. bigger. Yeah, really. Oh, and that's why they yes. take such a terribly long time yeah. to heal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, my vet, when my vet was cutting it out, he goes, here, come and look. And I said, Dr. Moss, if you want me to come look, I'm either going to puke or you're going to pick me up off the floor. He goes, okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Jessica, we are we are very close to the end of the show. We have about a minute and a half left. Uh, I just want to really uh, uh, mention again, it's up on the screen if you're watching, but earthsongranch.com. Jessica's phone number is also up there if you have any questions, if you need a consultation. She can answer a variety of questions for you and uh, to help complement whatever you're doing with your veterinarian. Uh, what I want to say for this last minute of the show is, um, you know, happy July 4th. Um, yes. It is it is Independence, Independence Day this weekend, Day. and um, regardless of all of the craziness going on in our world, everything from sickness and violence and riots and everything else, yeah. this is Independence Day. This is celebrating your independence from the Brits. I hope I'm still allowed to say <laughs> Brits. Uh, I'm guessing that let's I am. Yeah, but uh, let's have a tea party. We still have the best but tea it's in the whole world. Freedom, but freedom to tips. also to, yes. to respect other people, yes. and this is something that I think we really need to focus in on yes. is to respect each yes. other. Yes, I agree. And, uh, and Every, I want Everyone out here wears a mask. Everywhere you go, they have masks on. Everybody respects each other. Respect There's everybody. There's no question about it. You know? And I, th- I want to say that freedom is something that not every country of the world has. Yeah. The reason that so many people want to be in America is because we do have this freedom and we are so grateful that we have it and that we do have our independence. So I hope everybody enjoys safely. Uh, celebrating. I hope everybody is healthy um, and and well. And um, don't set off too many fireworks near the horses this weekend, please, because it does spook a lot of them. Uh, I want to thank you, Jessica Lynn, for joining us. Um, and we'll talk to you again soon. Stay very safe, everybody. Um, bye bye. Enjoy this uh, this incredible opportunity to celebrate and remember the United States of America. 
is not free. That's true. Just remember that. Yes. And join us at the same time. Next week, we will be back. We'll have uh, episode two of Epic for you and uh, lots more great horsing around, whether you're here in the horse capital of the world, Ocala, Marion County, Florida. Don't forget to join us next week.